This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Chicago has long been known as the most corrupt city in the nation. It's not unusual for a sitting alderman to face criminal charges or to find themselves caught up in a federal raid. In fact, at least 30 council members have been convicted of corruption since the early 1970s. Well, Alderwoman Michelle Smith of the 43rd Ward is trying to change that. She chairs the city council's ethics committee, and she's proposing a series of reforms to end what she calls the I got a guy at City Hall mentality. She joins us now on the line. Hi, Alderwoman. Welcome to Reset. Thank you for having me. So before we get into the details, can you just give us a sense of how you put the proposal together? This is something that I've been working on for months with Steve Berlin, the head of our uh, head of our ethics department in the city of Chicago. Uh, there have been a variety of items that have been on our mind for some time that needed continued reform. And so we've been working on this for really for months on end in order to present this at city council uh, tomorrow. Well, then why is now the right time for, for a sweeping ethics reform package like this? It's never the wrong time to improve ethics. And we have been uh, doing a series of ethics reforms for this entire administration and beyond, trying to make some fundamental changes. And it is becoming more open in city council to get these kind of changes. And so we now is the time. So give us an overview then of the proposal, starting with some of the most pressing changes that you want to see. Yeah, well, as, as, as you mentioned, this is designed to set a new expectation of the behavior of city council members and other elected officials. It's designed to end the I got a guy attitude. And that is why we are in particularly focusing on um, things that have connections to power. That is the family uh, spouses of elected officials. So today, under our ethics rules, the only time that the interests of your spouse come into play is if you are actually managing a contract for which your spouse works or has a contract with. Mm -hmm. So this reform says that you as a city official or an employee of city council, not a city council, of the city as a whole, you can't really have anything to do with any decision that may affect your relatives or your in particular, your spouse, but all relatives. That can be a permit. That can be a sign. That can be the things that are really important to the day-to-day operation of a business. And people think, oh, I can get a little head in line, or I can get something that maybe I'm not entitled to because I got a guy at City Hall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what that's else? a very significant That's a big one. Yeah. That is a big one. It also says that um, we also have a, a a big reform to end the relic that's called the privilege of the floor. Uh, it has been the case for decades and decades that when former aldermen leave city council, they often become lobbyists. And they have, under our current rules, the ability to come on the floor and even during a city council meeting, lobbyists on the floor. That is, we are changing the, the law to make that crystal clear that that is not allowed. And really, if you've got something to say to us in city council about a legislative proposal, testify yeah. like a witness. But don't lobby. You're increasing, and the proposal increases penalties for um, all substantive ethics ordinance violations. 
to a, a range that looks like it's between a thousand dollars to twenty thousand per violation. Yes. Plus, it allows the Board of Ethics, in particular cases, to vote to essentially get you to disgorge any profits you've made from an ethical violation, to, to, to uh, impose a fine that's equal to any financial benefit that the offender has uh, realized. So it's a very, very strong uh, set of tools yeah. for the Board of Ethics. And you touched on this a bit. Your proposal would also require city council members to stand up and leave the room whenever they yes. have declared a conflict of interest that you know prohibits them from voting. How are you defining conflict of interest exactly? A conflict of, interesting, of interest is very broadly defined in our ethics code, and it involves anything that affects you in a financial with a financial interest or those of your relatives, uh, which of course include your spouses. And even nonprofits on which you are in which you are involved. So, if I'm a board member of a nonprofit and there is something that might benefit even that nonprofit because I'm on the board, mm-hmm. I have to recuse myself. And the recusal can't just be a simple wave of the hand. Oh, I'm recusing myself on this. As you sit there and stare at the other members of the committee to let them know how you stand, you literally have to leave the room for the conversation. So that is a very, very strong measure. And further, if you do recuse yourself uh, in our city council meetings, those will now be required to be recorded uh, by the city clerk and then posted on the Board of Ethics website. So it's very transparent who in city council is recusing themselves or any elected official, I have Mm -hmm. to add. Any elected official that's there could be the clerk, the, the mayor, the the uh, the treasurer, anyone who's on there, that they have recused themselves. Just taking a, an overall look here at this this package, how are the changes going to be enforced? Well, enforcement for everything on our ethics code is really uh, there are two alternatives. First and foremost, there can be a complaint to the board of ethics. Uh, you can also include an ethical component in a complaint to our inspector general. And so those are two different avenues. In addition, in some circumstances, the Board of Ethics can be very proactive about it. They've lately had some issues in which they have found a violation of the ethics code based on something that's happened in the public record. So one of the things that's come out of this package uh, that isn't technically part of the package is that in next year's budget, I'm going to be asking for a more expanded Board of Ethics staff okay. so that they can have more staff to be able to review the filings that um, city employees make. City, many, many city employees, not just city council members, have to file statements of financial interests in which they disclose conflicts, and, uh, and the Board of Ethics needs a little more resources in order to review that. Uh, one other change that's happened, if, if you don't mind, sure. is that we've, we're also very concerned about campaign finance. So we are today, there are very strict limits on the amount of contributions that someone who does business with the city can give to an elected official. And in general, the rule is uh, $1,500 if you are a city contractor. So we're expanding that to include not just the city contractor, but they're subcontractors. So we're continuing to try to chip away at the influence of money in politics, which is a 
you know, obviously a very difficult issue nationwide. But uh, this is something that we think will continue to increase transparency and also continue to chip away at the issue of money and politics. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And that is Alderwoman Michelle Smith of the 43rd Ward on Chicago's north side. She's proposing a sweeping package of ethics reforms as chair of the city council's ethics committee. What conversations are you having with the mayor around this issue? The mayor's been very supportive of the work that we've done in ethics, and we have worked uh, together from the first days of her administration when she issued an executive order that required city city, uh, departments to examine the role of aldermanic prerogative in ordinary activities of, of the city. So I was there with her on her first day, and we have worked uh, very well together on, on a lot of the changes that has been, have been done. You know, the, the, most, uh, the most refreshing part of this, I can give an example, is that I and other aldermen like uh, Alderman Scott Wagesbeck were working for a decade to have a fully empowered inspector general's office. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, each of us at different points would lead efforts to really do what was right to have a very excellent inspector general's office. And those things would, would were defeated. Um, I lost uh, an effort to have uh, the inspector general uh, have, have power over city council members by two votes in, in 2016. And that passed very early on in the Lightfoot administration. Yeah. So we have a supportive mayor and a new city council with a a lot of new members who I believe had the same view of openness in government that I have and that Alderman Wagesbeck have. I want to dig into something you touched on, which was aldermanic prerogative. The mayor vowed to use the racketeering indictment of uh, former Illinois House Speaker Mike Madigan to renew her push to end that practice. So where do you stand on that? Well, let me talk, tell you what aldermanic prerogative is and isn't. So we have really addressed the issue of aldermanic prerogative in a huge way in the ways that came up in the indictments. No longer can you get a guy inside the city, uh, city government to hold up a sign permit so you can shake down a guy trying to get a drive-through, which was the key, mm-hmm. you know, key part of the, of the Burke indictment. We ended that. They changed the processes inside the city of Chicago to stop that from happening. And then we all passed a law, the mayor's office and city council passed a law that, in fact, removed aldermanic involvement in the routine issuances of signs that was really good for business and also removed the opportunities that used to be uh, for corruption. So let me start by saying a huge amount of what I know is all the matter prerogative has been eliminated. Okay. Finally. But there is this part about development that we still have an issue of. And I will say that I view my aldermanic so-called prerogative as a chance to protect my community. Now, there's a lot of different ways of looking at it. So I would say there will be continue to be a, a push, push or pull about this. Because what people are concerned about, rightly, is that 
and aldermen have been convicted of taking money to either allow development or to stop development, you know, either side of that. Yeah. Absolutely true that aldermen have been convicted. On the other hand, many of the ills of our city has been caused by city hall overreach. And I can point to the Lincoln Yards development in that regard. That was not an automatic prerogative. That was a city hall overreach that I fought as a neighboring alderman, as did many, many of my colleagues. So if you say aldermen should have no ability or power over development in their wards, does that mean you've given it all to city hall? It's not mm. that clear a question. Anything you had to leave on the cutting room floor when it comes to ethics reform? Um, not in this round. You know, we still have more to do, but but we're we're taking it. You know, you have to take. This is a very big bite. Yeah. There is there is always more to do. We have some unfinished business, I guess I'd call it. So we're just going to handle in future rounds. We're we're still not clear on how we handle. You know, some of this is very technical. How you handle nonprofit lobbying. You know, nonprofits. We think of them as struggling advocacy groups, but most of the major colleges, hospitals, they're big institutions that are that are nonprofits, and they do have to register in the state of Illinois. So we're still we're still uh, working on that. Uh, I think there's always the question about. You know, campaign finance, uh, we're not ready yet in Chicago or Illinois to, to embrace public financing. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we still have the Citizens United case down in. Citizens United case in the U.S. Supreme Court that has just made a muck of campaign finance nationwide. So, no, there's really there's really a lot more to do. There's always more to do, but I, I'm, I have to tell you, Sasha, I'm very proud that in the last couple of years we have done an enormous amount. You know, one of the big problems that were in those indictments that are currently working their way through the courts mm -hmm. was the lobbying by 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 the guys who had these real estate tax uh, real estate tax practices on the side, uh, like Madigan and Burke, and then they would use their influence to lobby each other and then have the benefit of the legal work. So that's all banned now. We that can't happen again. Uh, we now we have the broadest lobbying ban in the nation as far as elected officials are concerned. In other words, elected officials cannot right. be, lob be lobbyists externally or to us. That's the broadest in the nation. And we also have just banned elected officials who are attorneys from having legal practices that are at odds with the interests of the city. So tell me, so, what are the next steps then in the legislative process for yeah, this well, so, set of uh, We'll be reforms. having briefings for aldermen. I'm gathering co-sponsors. A lot of aldermen are interested in being co-sponsors. And this is being introduced into my committee, the Ethics and Government Oversight Committee. Okay. And I'm, we will have a hearing, and I hope we will pass, I hope we will pass it. Before I let you go, Alderwoman, I, actually, I want to bring it back to Alderman Scott Wagaspak um, and touch on the, the city's ward remap. You, you held a press conference together to announce your, so, your support for redistricting 
um, mm-hmm. the, the map that was backed by the Black Caucus, and you say that it's a choice about ethics. What did you mean? Well, you know, we have been trying to make sure that the people have uh, appropriate representation. And it is very, it, it remains very upsetting and I think an embarrassment that Alderman Burke is still here after the depth of the indictment, and I, and I have called on him to step down. But it is kind of shocking that the map, uh, let me start by saying, so we handled that problem by all but redistricting Burke out of his ward. We took a stand against that in the map that we approved and uh, approved through our rules committee. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only one precinct <laughs> left of his original ward, and this is designed to get someone else in there in the next election. But the the map of uh, the map that uh, some people, the Latino Caucus, is trying to present tomorrow at City Council keeps more than half of his district to him. And I think that that is not a good direction for us to be going. And that map represents really a backdoor effort to keep Alderman uh, Burke in power. So it's it's it is really against the values for which I stand and certainly Alderman Wax. Well, that is Alderwoman Michelle Smith. We'll have to leave it there. Uh, she's Alderwoman of the 43rd Ward on Chicago's north side. Thank you so much for the time. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.